Stories, fables, ghostly tales. You look outside. It's quiet. It's dark. Then, all of a sudden, your garden sensor light activates. What you see is perplexing. Especially at this time of night, being 2am. It's a man, but he's not looking at you, oh no. He's looking up, but why? You're about to find out. Welcome, lovely listeners. And something different comes your way tonight. A no sleep by Donut Boy 456781. And yes, that is a fantastic name. They bring you a story today that is quite different. Something awaits our protagonist and his partner, but what? Today I bring you chapter 1 and chapter 2 of a four-part series titled There was someone standing in my yard last night, and I don't know what to do about it. A huge thank you of course to DonutBoy456781 for his approval for me to narrate this no-sleep story. So, pour yourself a hot Earl Grey, or a lovely coffee should you wish, Lock your doors, and snuggle up somewhere comfortable for something different. Last night started off pretty normal. Most of the downstairs lights were off when I got home, but that was to be expected. Mary doesn't mean to do it, but she always seems to forget that her husband works the graveyard shift meaning he will be coming home most nights when both she and the son are fast asleep. It was nothing to be angry about though. I simply planned to bust her for constant forgetfulness the next morning and nothing more. Anyways, I hadn't eaten anything in the last few hours, so rather than going straight up to bed like I always do, I decided to pop a frozen pizza into the microwave. Just to silence my growling stomach, that break of routine, as meaningless as it seemed at the time, is probably the only reason I am writing this post. Once I opened the beeping microwave, I saw that its clock read 2.49am. I almost regretted staying up to eat this pizza, and I truly could feel my eyelids getting heavier with each second. Rather than move to the table to eat, I ate in front of the microwave. I or Mary could clean up any mess in the morning. I just wanted to get some food in me and get some rest before I had to follow the same tiring schedule all over again the next day. From where I was eating, my front door was roughly 90 degrees to my left and only about 15 feet away. I could see my front door and the small window beside it if I was looking that way. But at that point, I wasn't focused on anything other than devouring my pizza. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed that the motion lights had just unexpectedly turned on. Other than being surprised, I didn't pay much attention to it at the time. We live in a pretty wooded area and get animals moving around through the yard all the time. I was sure that whatever was out there was nothing of note, maybe a badger or something of the like. After a minute, the lights clicked back off. I assumed that whatever had triggered them must have been scared off immediately by the lights. I returned my focus to my pizza. Once I was done eating, 
I dragged myself to the stairs with what little energy I had left in my body. To get to the stairs, you have to walk into the front entryway and pass by the front windows. Without thinking, I took a look out of the front window and was immediately jolted awake. And as my heart pounded like it was going to leap out of my chest, standing in my yard about 20 feet away from the door was a man. Well, the outline of what seemed to be a man. There are no streetlights on our street. So the only lights in our yard were the motion lights we installed when we moved in, which, as I mentioned, were off. And the dim light we kept on in the entryway radiated out the front windows to the yard. All I could see was this outline, with its head craned upwards as if they were looking to the stars or something. I didn't really know what to do. It was a freaky sight to see, but we live in a small and secluded community. We know literally everyone that lives around us, and our neighbors are all very trustworthy people. I figured that this person was someone I knew, so I tapped on the window to get the person's attention. Foolish, I know. Wasn't really thinking clearly, I guess, but anyway, I didn't want to wake Mary, so I tried to stay as quiet as possible. He didn't budge. No reaction at all. I figured that whoever it was out there couldn't hear me. So, I opened the door. Don't get it twisted, I was scared beyond belief. But at the end of the day, I tried to see the best in people. The figure in my yard hadn't really done anything to warrant a phone call to the police. Plus, they usually take a good 10 minutes to answer a call out here. I hoped to resolve this quickly and cleanly. As the door creaked open, I realized that the figure had changed slightly. He was now staring right at me. It was jarring. Two seconds prior, when looking out the window, he'd still been staring upwards. I couldn't make out the finer points of his features yet, as the light from the house barely reached him, and I thought that made him all the more creepy. The figure just slowly started to walk backwards towards the road, while still facing me. As the person sped up slightly, the motion lights finally came back on. He wasn't anyone I'd ever seen before. He was relatively tall, 6'4 maybe, and crazy skinny, borderline emaciated really. He truly looked like he'd never eaten anything a day in his life. And he was completely hairless, no eyebrows, no facial hair, and bald. I was speechless as this seemingly mute and sickly person just silently observing. And I quickly realized that he was less terrifying when he was obscured by shadows. He turned and ran away from me through my yard, across the road and into the woods on the other side of the road. I was frozen in fear. Neither fight nor flight kicked in for me. Had this person wanted to hurt me or Mary, he had his chance. But he didn't take it. I locked the door and went upstairs not really sure of what to do. I couldn't really have called the police once he was gone, could I? I mean, this guy didn't really do anything. Sure, he was on private property, but I'm sure the police wouldn't take it seriously. I figured it was useless, and that I'd rather keep my guard up in case this man came back tonight and worry about possibly phoning the police later. I got very little sleep. I was sure that every rustle of the leaves or every gust of wind was the trespasser returning. I finally shut my eyes at 6am when the sun started to rise, but was up when I heard Mary shuffling to the shower at 8ish. Oh, good morning. 
didn't expect you to be up. Aren't you sleepy? Yeah, but I couldn't really sleep. Tough night of work and all that. Since I'm up, why don't I make you some breakfast before you go to work? She smiled and nodded in appreciation. I wanted to tell her about the events from a few hours prior, but I knew it would freak her the fuck out. And why wouldn't it? It was a terrifying turn of events. I don't know. I thought maybe her favorite dish of bacon and eggs would make the news easier for her. Really dumb logic in hindsight, but I guess I was still experiencing a fear-induced shock. What are we going to do? Mary was trying to be calm, but I knew by the fact that she ignored her breakfast after I explained the situation that she was freaked out. I told her there wasn't much for us to do right now. We argued a little bit, and she made it clear that she really wanted to call the police. I still didn't think it was a good idea. We had zero evidence to prove there was anyone there in our yard the previous night. Zilch. Or so I thought. What about those cameras that Mrs. Maddox installed? Didn't you link them up to your laptop when we moved in or something? We moved in five years ago because, even though it was in the middle of nowhere, this house was actually a lot closer to both our jobs. And honestly, and honestly, we liked the privacy the community offered. We bought the house from Jason Maddox, whose mother was an old widower, living there alone for a few years. She had been petrified of the neighborhood ever since the death of her husband. Her son sold the house on her behalf so that she could live with him. Hopefully, living out the final years of her life in peace with Jason and his wife and kids. Before she moved out, she had Jason install a few cameras outside her house just to provide her peace of mind. The things were cheap pieces of junk and Jason himself said they rarely looked at them. But it turns out, they actually came in more handy than any of us could ever have imagined. I shrugged. I guess you're the brains in this relationship after all, man. I'll call the boys in blue and deal with them and the cameras before I head off for work. In the meantime, do me a favor and don't get too upset about all of this. That was easier said than done. But I actually think she was a lot calmer once I started to take her police suggestion seriously. I kissed her goodbye and got right to work on figuring things out. I poured myself a coffee and got to work. I was half expecting the bastards not to work in their hour of need because of my half decade of neglect, but thankfully, I couldn't have been more wrong. I opened the software, and after 15-ish minutes of updates, I finally saw a live feed of the four different cameras of my outside. The camera in the driveway was angled so poorly that you could only see a small sliver of the driveway and the dense foliage. While the back and side cameras showed mostly foliage and the fenced-in portion of our yard, Jason Maddox had unsurprisingly done a piss-poor job setting up 75% of the cameras. The front camera was a comparative mecca for our home surveillance. From what I could tell, from watching the live feed, this camera was angled perfectly to have captured our uninvited visitor. I went into the database and found last night's camera feeds. Sure enough, at 2.54am, the man crept out from the shadows and into the front yard. There it was, concrete, undeniable proof. 
I called and alerted the police, and they took me very seriously once I told them I had video evidence of the intruder. The operator said that two officers would be sent to my home to view last night's video and file a police report. Alas, my relief was short-lived. Something that the operator had said made the hairs stand up on the back of my neck. A logical and seemingly mundane question with immense ramifications. Something both horrifying and entirely possible that I simply hadn't thought of. Does this individual show up on the security cameras on any other nights? All at once, I realized how entirely possible and downright terrifying this possibility was. I mean, how many times did I lay in bed and see the front lights click on at odd hours of the night? Like I said, it was a pretty regular occurrence for us. I immediately checked the feed from the night before I encountered the man face to face. I wasn't sure when he might come, so I started at 9pm. I played it at two times speed and made it through the night without anything of note. Momentary relief. I went back one more night prior. At 12.36am, he creeps into the yard and triggers the front motion lights. I was stunned, but it got even worse. He stayed there, motionless, in complete darkness until just about 5am. He was so still for almost five hours that he didn't even trigger the motion lights again until he turned around and left for the day. Think about that. While our motion lights aren't very sensitive, I know for a fact that something as simple as a head jerk from a sneeze would set them off. This guy was essentially a statue for almost five hours. As I'm writing this, I am shaken. The police arrived moments after I made my discovery. I told the two officers about this new development, and they were visibly uncomfortable. Sergeant James, the veteran between the two officers, would later tell me that he never saw anything like this in his almost 23 years on the job. We went through 33 days worth of video logs and found that the man came to my home on 27 of those nights. Besides the night I interrupted him, his briefest stay lasted 20 minutes and 15 seconds five days ago. His longest stay occurred early last week. He arrived at 11.57pm and left at 6.13am. He always stands in a similar spot in the front yard, about 20 feet from the front door. I called in sick for work tonight because I can't begin to describe how little I want Mary to be alone at this house when night falls. I'm terrified. So are the cops, especially since they know they don't have this person for much. So far, all the evidence shows is trespassing and loitering on private property. If they were to catch him in the act and not find any reason to charge him with a more serious crime, he'd probably get a fine or a brief stint in jail. They claim they'll have patrol cars scouring the area tonight, and one car stationed in front of my house all night, which makes me feel somewhat better. But their lack of answers and their obvious uneasiness about all this makes me extremely nervous. That's all I have for now. Mary comes home in an hour, and it will be dark soon. 
if anyone out there knows anything about this situation, or just has a theory, or spots a detail I missed, please, please, let me know in the comments. I will update you all, when or if, we learn more about this whole situation, or if something of note occurs. Until then, let's just hope we make it through the night tonight. Chapter 2 Thank you to those who expressed their concern for my wife and I. Between all of your kind words and the kindness of the police, it's nice knowing we aren't alone through all this craziness. Fortunately, our night was mostly uneventful after all the bizarre discoveries from the previous day. At least one police car stayed parked in the front of our house from sundown until sunup, just as was promised. And there were no signs of the mysterious individual through the whole night. I know it's quite possible he could have been present somewhere else, but you take solace in the little victories when you can get them. At two-ish, I heard the policeman moving around in the driveway. In the morning, they told me they thought they saw the person standing in the driveway, but by the time they investigated the driveway and the wooded area near it, there was no sign of the trespasser. I also appreciate hearing all your suggestions in the comments about how to get through these times of trouble. I'm not a superstitious man, but I definitely can't rule anything you suggested out at this point. After doing some research about wendigos and skinwalkers, I can say I'm thoroughly terrified by the similarities our visitor had with both of them. I sure as hell hope that our guest wasn't either one of those things. Otherwise, this all seems pretty hopeless. Also, I actually do own a shotgun. I've never used it for anything other than skeet shooting, but having it definitely makes me feel a little safer. I'll be sure to keep it locked, loaded, and by my side until everything is resolved. Anyways, there have been some developments since last night, which I will share with you all now. For starters, I've decided not to tell Mary about the fact that our guest is a recurring visitor to our property. I told her that the police stayed out front all night as a favor to us rather than their fear that we're dealing with something a lot more malicious than just a one-time trespasser. Plus, I'm worried that this might bring back some bad memories for her. She had an issue with a stalker when she was in college, and it persisted for nearly a year before she was able to get a restraining order on him. Even though she hasn't seen this person since, she's still very much disturbed by that painful experience eight years later. I spent most of last night trying to convince her to make the trip to stay at her sister's, but she refuses to leave me alone despite by how unsafe our house now is. I'm walking on eggshells here, so while withholding the truth from her feels dirty, I think it's better than the alternative if she's sticking here with me. I also made a trip to town around 9 o'clock this morning to make a few purchases that should let any upcoming nights feel a little safer. The most important purchase? 15 lights that are much stronger than the ones we've had dotting our property since we moved in. These new lights are set on a timer, so I plan to illuminate just about every inch of property starting tonight. I also made a stop to my friend Andrew's house after my shopping spree. 
he's on the road for work right now, but since he's been an avid hunter his whole life, I knew he had something that could really up my surveillance factor. Game cameras. If you're not familiar, game cameras are cameras used mostly by hunters that are most often triggered by either sound or motion. Andrew's three game cameras were older and were only able to take still frames when triggered, but I think it's important to monitor the woods surrounding my house as well as my property. The more information I can gather on this… person? The better chance we have of getting our life back to normal. After making these stops, I got back home around noon to both set up for another tense night and to continue to find answers on who it was visiting our house. It took an hour, but I readjusted all four cameras. I'm not very handy at all, and the three I had to unscrew and remount kept falling no matter how much I tried to screw them into place. But thanks to my efforts, I have a much better view of the entirety of the area surrounding my house. I really don't think I'll see much on the two cameras in the fenced-in parts of our property out back, as the back fence is tall and all that can be seen behind the fence on camera are the dense trees. But you never know what could happen. What feels much more useful now is the driveway camera, which finally actually shows every inch of the driveway. Since the cops may have seen a figure in the driveway, I wouldn't be shocked if I now caught this trespasser thanks to this new angle as well. I also picked three spots in the woods to set up Andrew's motion-activated game cameras as well. Since these cameras are older technology, I won't be able to see the steals they take until I retrieve them and download the images the next morning. Well, it's a little after 4pm as I'm writing this, and I want to look through the older logs of the camera again. I'd like to go back to the earliest recordings from when Mrs. Maddox was still living here to see if I could find any evidence of the trespasser showing up all those years ago as well. I doubt it though, since Jason or Mrs. Maddox herself would have noticed if they checked their cameras regularly like they claimed. But I figure it pays to check. I'll post any updates if I find anything of note. Update 1 Yeah, he's in the videos from 8 years ago. I looked through the first three nights recorded by the camera, and so far this bastard has shown up in the front yard each night. He hasn't done anything different in these videos though. Obviously, this is an important finding since it proves that the Maddox family might know something, but it doesn't really teach me anything more about who or what I'm dealing with. I'm going to call Jason and see if I could talk to his mum now. She was so high strung. She had to have noticed this person at some point. Update 2 Called Jason. Turns out his mum died earlier this year. I don't know the Maddox family personally, so obviously I really didn't keep in touch with them. I hope she found peace. I asked Jason if he ever noticed anything on the security cameras and… he told me he never even checked them. When I explained that I saw someone standing outside in the video logs, he was speechless for a few minutes. I think he felt guilty. He admitted he had always brushed off his mother's scared pleas to leave the house as her mind finally slipped during the final years of her life. He said he was hesitant to have her move in with his family full time, so he gave her a cell phone in case she ever fell down or needed any help, and also told her he would install the cameras and check them nightly to be sure no one was outside or in case anyone ever tried to break in. 
Clearly, he was at fault for not believing his mum. But that's not my problem. I asked him if she ever said anything about anyone coming to the house in the middle of the night, to which he replied that she would sometimes see a tall man standing somewhere in the front yard. Since she only started mentioning it the last couple of months before she moved out, he assumed she was just seeing things and, as such, decided to move her into his house instead of investigating. He also mentioned another incident that makes me very nervous. The more I think about it. One night in August, about a month before we bought the house, he received a frantic call from his mum that there were people talking in the basement. Jason got there as fast as he could, but when he got there, he only found his mother cowering in the living room. He saw no evidence that anyone broke in. I told him not to worry or feel guilty, and I even lied to him and told him that the man had only showed up on the surveillance cameras once while his mum lived there, from what I could tell, and that he shouldn't feel bad. I'm not sure if he believed me, but he seemed relieved. It sounds like Mrs. Maddox was clearly of more sound mind than was initially believed during her time living alone in this house. That left me with another disturbing but logical question. Did I have to worry about the voices she heard in the basement? Thankfully, I never dealt with anything like that. But now I'm worried there might be someone or some thing lurking in the walls of our house and not just in our yard. Mary's here, so I'm just going to focus on keeping her calm. I'll make some more updates if need be, but tonight will hopefully just be another quiet and uneventful night. Update 3. Fuck. It's almost 10.30 and the police officers still haven't showed up to sit and watch our house like they did last night. I told Mary another fib. To cover up the fact that we were still very much in danger, she's in bed already sleeping. I told her I would be catching up on the work I missed last night. I'm actually holed up in the upstairs office with a mini fridge full of energy drinks to my right and my trusty shotgun at the ready. I plan to stay glued to my laptop all night, watching the live feeds of the outside until the sun rises and I can feel safe again. I've been watching this monitor for an hour now, and I think I'm finally noticing something in the driveway. It's just out of the light, crouched down near the woods, but it's the trespasser. He's completely motionless, but it's definitely him. I think he's been there for a while now, but he's just twitched slightly a couple of times. I'm calling the police as I type this. They've been alerted, and they're on their way now. I know they'll do their best, but I probably won't see them for another 20 minutes. I've got the gun on my lap now. I'm going to bring the gun and the laptop with me into the bedroom and lock the door. For Mary's sake, can't be too safe. In the minute I've taken my attention away from the screen to get fortified in the bedroom, he's completely changed position. That little shadow on the edge of the woods is gone, and now standing at the end of the front yard and almost on the road is the trespasser. His head is craned up towards the sky again. It's almost like he's staring at the camera, staring at me. It's quiet, eerie. I know we live in a secluded area, but he just sprinted towards the house. He's banging on the door! 
And this concludes chapter 1 and chapter 2 of the No Sleep Story. There was someone standing in my yard last night, and I don't know what to do about it. Nothing quite like a no sleep cliffhanger, right? <laughs> but rest assured, chapter 3 and 4 are just around the corner. No podcast plug for tonight, it's a Friday. Well, over here in Australia it is. So, go have fun, relax, and I'll have part 3 and 4 ready for you by Monday. And please, please, if you've had a busy day, know that like all good things that come to an end, so does the bad. <laughs> Find yourself a cake or your favourite food and cherish that relaxation time. Enjoy your weekend, my gus and ghouls. And as always, till... Next time.